Hello, and welcome to my podcast, From Trauma to Triumph. I am Leah Bandola and your host. My mission is to help people heal their past so that they can unleash their brilliant future. I am a trauma release specialist, empowerment coach, and cognitive behavior therapist. I am also a published author with three book publications and a professional speaker. This podcast delves into the world of trauma, and it is a big world. There are so many aspects to trauma and how it affects us in our lives, and each episode will give you more information, examples, stories, and strategies to help you understand trauma better and how to release the hold that it has on us. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. I hope you are doing well. I wanted to come on here today to talk about a trend I am seeing more and more of, and frankly, it's causing me some concern. It really seems to be a backslide, I think, to intolerant thinking and behavior that honestly I thought, or maybe really hoped, had changed a lot more than it apparently has. And I'm not just talking about the really big things where we do see a lot of intolerance still, you know, race, gender, sexuality, religion, politics, but I'm noticing a train of thinking that basically says, if you're different from me or what I think is right, you are wrong. And this is disturbing to say the least, but also concerning as to where this is going. In many ways, we have made strides in acceptance in some areas, and many people are willing to learn and understand differences from what we may have learned, grown up with, had beliefs instilled in us, and developed thinking patterns around these many things. Let's briefly look at why people are so ingrained in their beliefs and ways of thinking. I've talked about this before on this podcast and, of course, in the work that I do, um, but I think it bears repeating. Our core need is for survival, as it is for all species on the planet. As humans, we develop many mechanisms to help us feel safe, and we learn these mechanisms from those around us. As little babies, our survival needs are pretty basic. We need to be fed need water, shelter, or warmth, and warmth, um, you know, clothing or something to protect us, and to feel clean, especially in the nether regions. And we need to feel connected and loved. As we grow and become more aware of our surroundings, we start to understand that in order to have our basic needs met, we also need to navigate the whole emotional world. When something threatens our survival and safety and our emotional well-being, we develop the mechanisms and strategies, most of which are very subconscious, to help us survive the threats. And often the threat then becomes inner. So we, so even when the external threat is no longer present, we are almost constantly in survival mode and dealing with the stress response of fight flight or freeze. As we become more and more a part of the bigger world, we start to feel threats in all kinds of ways. 
some literal and some figurative. I could, of course, talk for hours on this topic, um, but for today's purposes, we'll leave it at that. We all want to be accepted and be validated just as a human being. And that is the way it should be. But sadly, it isn't. And the more things change, the more they seem to stay the same. Just maybe looking a bit different. And we justify our behaviors by finding more people who think like us, look like us, behave like us, so we can feel we are right. This is most obvious in teens. They want to be individuals, and that is what those teen years are for, individuating from their parents, caregivers, and becoming independent. But they also want to fit in, be cool like all the other popular kids, look like what they see not just in other kids, but in media, movies, shows, books, magazines. Okay, I may have dated myself a bit there. But they do still exist, and I still like to read magazines. Yes, the old-style paper ones. And, of course, social media is a huge um, influencer. Think about it. This is where many are making careers out of being influencers. This could be very positive, and many of us do want to be positive influencers of others. Sadly, though, there are many negative influencers and with vulnerable populations like teens and others, it's easy for these influencers to convince other people that their way of thinking is the right way. What really got me thinking about this was a recent post I saw on social media making the rounds of an older adult woman, maybe in her 70s or so, um, who looked healthy, fit and vibrant. And the associated caption was about aging gracefully and loving yourself, wrinkles and all. What disturbed me was some of the comments about this post, a reverse body shaming of sorts. Things like, where's her belly? And she must be wearing Spanx. Insinuating that you can't be that old and have a toned fit body, which of course is ridiculous. And body shaming is nothing new um, and we often see it related to curvier extra weight which we can all agree is very wrong but just as wrong is it when we are shaming someone for being thin fit too muscular both are very wrong and we know that it happens because of the person's insecurities who is making the comments or or doing the quote-unquote bullying um, and it's their insecurities about their own body or a set of beliefs instilled in them that a beautiful body has to look a certain way. So much of this intolerance comes from believing that our way of thinking, being, doing, is the truth. And we do this as well in communication or our feelings, um, you know, when we're thinking about our feelings, um, we believe they're true, we believe our thoughts are true, we believe our viewpoint is true, um, how we experience something, um, all, you know, we believe that it's the, the truth, right? So that's the difference. Um, and, you know, there, there are things 
going around and has for for years you know quoting um statements like well it's my my truth well it might be your truth <laughs> in your mind but it doesn't make it the truth right so it's a very really fine line but we believe it to be true just because we think it is and we do have some supporting evidence sometimes around um that you know will will um support how we're thinking and that it does seem to be true um and this is where people will then seek out other people this is where the influencers can really do their thing um is you know we want to surround ourselves with uh, other people um or the support or evidence that shows us that the way we are thinking about this is true. And that is human nature, of course, um, but we can, you know, really allow this seeking of what is right and what is true um, to kind of hinder our lives in a lot of ways. So I wanted to do a little brief workshopping of this with you. And it is based on Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is, Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. And I've referenced this book before here on the podcast. Um, but today I'm going to go through one of the, well, the exercise that she uses, um, but she uses it in different ways. Um, but I'm going to go through one with you uh, just to illustrate that often, what we think is true is really not. Byron Katie calls this the work and it's a process. It's a series of questions that you can apply to absolutely every situation, thought, experience that you are having that may be causing you some uncomfortable feelings, anxiety, or distress. The work is four questions that when applied to a specific problem, enable you to see what is troubling you in an entirely different way. As Katie says, it's not the problem that cause our suffering. It's our thinking about the problem. Suffering is optional, she says. Whenever we experience a stressful feeling, anything from mild discomfort to intense sorrow, rage, or despair, we can be certain that there is a specific thought causing our reaction, whether or not we are conscious of it. The way to end our stress is to investigate the thinking that lies behind it. And anyone can do this by themselves with a piece of paper and a pen or if you're new school, you can do it on a computer too, or a tablet. Um, so the works for questions reveal where our thinking isn't true for us. Through this process, also called the inquiry, we discover that all the concepts and judgments that we believe or take for granted are distortions of things as they really are. When we believe our thoughts instead of what is really true for us, we experience the kinds of emotional, uh, emotional stress, distress that we call suffering. Suffering is a natural alarm warning us that we are attaching to a thought. So the four questions are one, is it true? Two, 
can you absolutely know that it's true? Three, how do you react when you think that thought? And four, who would you be without the thought? And then turn it around. So I'm going to use an example um, that I think many of you might be able to relate to. It's uh, about a woman who says about her partner, I don't like Paul because he doesn't listen to me. I think I may have said, I don't have a Paul in my life, but I may have said that statement a few times. Not naming any names though. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go through the series of the questions. And this is all directly from the book. And of course, this is just going to be a teeny weeny piece of uh, out of the book. Um, but I just really wanted to give you that um, uh, different way of thinking about things. And then I highly recommend you get the book and then you can do all the exercises in there or see how she um, actually does the inquiry um, in a more extended fashion. But for today, I just wanted to give you a little taste of it. So we're going to investigate this concern of I don't like Paul because he doesn't listen to me. And as as I'm reading this to you, um, think of someone um, you haven't totally forgiven yet. And it might not be around listening, but there might be, you know, something that's niggling at you that someone has done and, and you haven't really forgiven them. So question one, is it true? Ask yourself, is it true that Paul doesn't listen to me? And then be still. If you really want to know the truth, the answer will rise to meet the question. So let the mind ask the question and wait for the answer that surfaces. So if you just take a moment and you can think about this particular question, or if you have something else that's come to mind, then maybe think about it. Um, is it true? So things might come up if you allow yourself to just, you know, take a moment and wait for the answers to surface. Well, I think it's true. It seems like it's happening, like he's not listening to me. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Kind of feels true. Number two, can you absolutely know that it's true? Consider these questions. Can I absolutely know that it's true that Paul doesn't listen to me? Can I ever really know when someone is listening or not? Am I sometimes listening even when I appear not to be? Hmm, right. So maybe it's not absolutely true that he's not listening because I don't know, not inside his head. Maybe he is listening. Just, you know, looks like he's not listening. Okay. Yeah, maybe I do that sometimes too. I, I think I'm listening, but maybe I, I don't look like I'm listening. I don't know. So you can ponder that a little more if you want. The third question is, how do you react when you think that thought? How do you react when you think that Paul doesn't listen to me or doesn't listen to you? How do you treat him? Make a list. For example, I give him the look. 
I interrupt him. I punish him by not paying attention to him. I start talking faster and louder, and I try to force him to listen. Continue making your list as you go inside and see how you treat yourself in that situation and how that feels. I shut down. I isolate myself. I eat and sleep a lot. And I watch television for days. I feel depressed and lonely. Notice all the effects of thinking the thought, Paul doesn't listen to me. Number four, who would you be without the thought? Now consider who you would be if you couldn't think the thought, Paul doesn't listen to me. Close your eyes and imagine Paul not listening to you. Imagine you don't have the thought that Paul doesn't listen or that he even should listen. And take your time with this one when you're doing this on your own. And I hope you're taking notes. Otherwise, get the book. Um, but take your time and notice what is revealed to you. What do you see? How does that feel? So if I stop and think, I don't even have that thought. Why should he? Why should I expect that he listens to me? I don't. It's okay. Whether he listens or not doesn't impact me. I can just go about my day. I don't need to have him listen to me. Why do I need it? I don't. Right? So those might be some of the things that might come up for you. And then there's the turn it around. The original statement was, I don't like Paul because he doesn't listen to me. And when reversed, it could become, I don't like myself because I don't listen to Paul. So that's a turnaround, right? You're flipping it. Is that as true or truer for you? Are you listening to Paul when you're thinking about him not listening to you? Continue to find other examples of how you don't listen. And often, and I'm just adding this little side note, this is not in the book, but this is what my observation is, that often um, we get very upset and very irritated uh, by things, and this is not conscious thinking, but unconsciously, um, they're usually the things that we may not like about ourselves, or we doubt about ourselves. And so then, you know, we kind of flip it on somebody else. So to continue with Byron Katie's um, assessment here, though, another turnaround that could be as true or truer is, I don't like myself because I don't listen to myself. Now we're getting deep. <laughs> when you're mentally out of your business and thinking about what Paul should be doing, are you listening to yourself? Do you put your own life on hold when you believe that he should listen? Can you hear how you talk to Paul when you believe that he should listen? After sitting with the turnarounds, you would continue a typical inquiry with the next statement written um, in, and she's got worksheets, so she's talking about worksheets. Um, and so, you know, another thing might be, I'm angry at Paul because he doesn't appreciate me. Another very common one that I hear and have experienced myself. 
Um, and then with every other statement that you would have. So what she has is a, a series of worksheets that um, you can write, you know, some of the things that are really bothering you and <clears throat> pardon me. And then you can go through the process with each one. So as she ends this section with the turnarounds are your prescription for health, peace and happiness. Can you give yourself the medicine that you have been prescribing for others? So I love this book. And, and again, you know, it goes into much more depth, of course, and lots of examples and, um, and, you know, reasons for why we do come up with these thoughts that we think are so true. Um, what I love about it, though, is that it really takes you to a place of understanding or trying or helping you to understand why it is that we invest so much of our time and our energy in other people. Um, you know, the what goes hand in hand with this uh, issue of intolerance of others, um, but also intolerance of ourselves, really. Um, is that comparison. And I, I did a little brief talk today on this on an event I was at. And I really think this is also kind of what feeds what we think should happen, how we think our relationship should be, is because we are constantly comparing um, ourselves, our homes, our kids, our grandkids, our you know, clothes, our hair, our you name it, you know, I'm sure there's a very long list that most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, can say we do a lot of comparing about. Um, and of course, you know, social media um, and well, you know, all of the different um, things that feed this constant way of thinking, you know, that I should be this way, or, you know, why don't I have that? How come I'm not traveling? Everybody's traveling, like all that, that stuff. It's all about comparison. And it all comes from, you know, going externally and, you know, really spending more time on what we're seeing everybody else is doing and, you know, how, how can I get that? Or how can I make my business more successful? And how come they are making so much money and so on and so forth? Um, because we are constantly bombarded, constantly. And there's lots of information out there about the, you know, the amount of information that we are taking in at any given moment, never mind a day. Um, and it's a very scary number. Um, but when we are insecure in ourselves, right, and we haven't done the work um, and our expectations are that, you know, we are fed externally uh, by what we need and what's happening externally, then we are more likely to keep falling down this into this pit, <laughs> into this pit of comparison um, and then that can, you know, because we want to feel right and we want to feel that our way is good and is okay, um, then we will start to judge and from judgment comes intolerance. So I just, you know, had this little um, thought process that I wanted to share this with you today. Um, and I hope it just sparks some 
curiosity, at least, for you to delve into some of this a little bit further. And, you know, I think it's always an opportunity for us to look inside and look at ourselves and, you know, go a little deeper into what is it that, you know, what we maybe are trying to change in somebody else? Is it something that we want to change in ourselves? Um, but we just don't recognize it and maybe feel like it takes too much work to do that. So isn't it easier for me to just try to change the other person, you know, or, or to buy into um, what we see around us. So I hope that you got some value out of this. This is a short episode this week, um, but I think it was pretty full of some um, good information. And uh, I hope you will take that and apply it if you can. Um, and or even just, you know, do a little thinking about it. So until next time. As always, I do hope that you grab a little bit of joy and love and peace. And I hope wherever you are in the world um, that you are taking the time for yourself. Until next time, be well. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow me so you don't miss a single episode. If you want to go deeper in your healing, you can book a free discovery session with me and learn more about my unique strategy to unlock the real you through my Unearth, Uncover and Unleash three-part system to discover and heal your past and present trauma and become empowered to live your best life. Go to my website, lifelessons.ca, or contact me directly at leah at lifelessons.ca to book your session. You can also find me on social media. My links are all on my podcast page. And while you're there, I would love it if you would leave a review, good or bad. I want to know how I can make this podcast just what you need it to be. And if you love it, I definitely want to hear that. You can also leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on. Until next time, grab some joy wherever you can. Bye for now. Thank you.